we're going to start with the biggest guest of all, and that is AFL Hall of Fame legend, Milk and Blight. G'day, Blighty. Hello, Jack. Hi, was it? How are you, guys? Good yeah, to talk. Right. Yes, so thank you for joining us, mate. Um, it's an absolute honour to speak to you uh, this week. Yeah, it's uh, well, it, it could have been last week, you know, if, if we didn't have a bye. Didn't the bye drive you nuts? But anyhow, we've got it this week, so which is great. Yeah, Malcolm, it was here. Big thrill to chat to you. Uh, I know just off air then, uh, Jack did mention that when I was little, I did have a teddy bear that I did call Blighty. <laughs> Are you still a North man at heart there, Malcolm? Oh, there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a bit of blue, fair bit of blue and white still in the body. Yeah, no, great days, of course. Uh, yeah, premierships and all that. And, yeah, I mean, they're, they're rebuilding now. We know where they're at. Um, yeah, David Noble, he'll, he'll be all right. He, he can stand up and he can talk to them. So I, I think you'll find he'll be okay. And then, Malcolm, if we look at this uh, this week, and you've been involved in a few sort of lead-up weeks to grand finals, playing and coaching, have you? what's the biggest hurdle that you've faced in a, in a lead-up week? I think uh, in an abnormal week to try and stay normal. And I, and I guess, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, I, I actually used to try and keep it a bit lighter. I heard um, some assistant coaches at uh, Brisbane, um, which Chris Fagan tried to amp it up this year because he'd lost some finals. And amping up doesn't do it any good, I can assure you. You know, I mean, you just got to go about your business. Sure, you have some serious moments, but not many. You know, when you, when you need to be. But I think the end, it, just enjoy the week. I used to say, take it all in. When you run out on the ground, have a look at the marching bands, have a look at the stage, have a look at the crowd, you know, all that sort of stuff. Just take it in. And then when you start playing, it's a game of footy. So I, I tried to keep it a bit lighter than tense. And as a player, Malcolm, would you consider that yourself in your prime could play some pretty good footy now in, in this the way the footy's played now? Because I think you would, yes. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's an interesting call, isn't it? I mean, you know, I, I, I played every spot on the ground bar first ruck, so I sort of slotted in a lot of different places. I mean, towards the end, I went more forward, but I also played on ball, played centre-back, full-back, did all that. So it, it never bothered me, actually. I quite enjoyed being a utility player. Sometimes you think, too, it would be nice to keep in a spot, but I, I think about 10 weeks in a row, I played 10 different spots. But So having said that, you probably adapt, and I think most players will adapt. You do anything to get a game, and then you try and do and play your well. So I, I think any good player in any era, you know, going, even 100 years ago would have been a good player. Now that everyone adapts to what's going on at the time. And you're a fan of the game at the moment? I've got my reservations, there's no doubt about that. Um, <laughs> I, I think standing grass on a game of footy just doesn't get me. Team defence is interesting. Uh, I get it for a while, but when it becomes the only source of a commentary from a coach, it drives me nuts. You know, there's got to be other things in it ourselves. And, you know, one-on-one -on -one was the old style. I, I, I get what they're doing, but I think once you go, you've got to have someone forward of the ball. And when I see players dwell with the ball in the hand, you know, because there's no one there, I think that's poor coaching. I think it's moronic coaching. I, I just don't think, I don't get why, when you're good enough to win the ball that you can't kick it to a teammate going forward. That's been our game for 100 years. And right now, some of the coaches don't do that, and they call it football. I agree. Mm -hmm. uh, Blighty, Alex here. Um, obviously, you, you talked about keeping it a bit lighter throughout the week and you saw the lead-up to the grand final as a, as a player and as a coach on more occasions than we can count on two hands. Um, what did you sort of see the differences in those two and when it went right and when it went wrong? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the, the million-dollar question, isn't it? Um, 
you do the same thing and it works and you do the same thing and it doesn't work. So, I, I mean, one of the things is, and I've always said, I mean, it's the talent on the ground and it's the talent you've got in your footy club that wins grand finals and wins games, first and foremost. As a coach, what you try and do is help a player who's struggling a bit to try and do something about that by helping him through it or making a change. So I've never thought as a coach you actually win any games. What you try and do is help players navigate the game. So, you know, it's it's a player's game. It always will be. At the moment, the coaches probably dominate with that defensive stuff that I've talked about. But, but I think the players, usually the best list, the best players, and it might only be a day. You know, you could play a grand final three weeks in a row and get, you know, two, two out of two to three wins or whatever. But I, I just think it's the players, those that embrace it, those that play really well. If you get beat by a kick, you know, that's a bit of luck. If you win by 10 goals, it means the other team stop playing. So, uh, yeah, I, I, what you do is what you've done for most of the year and you add a little bit of salt and pepper to it. What about a, a week like, say, after a drawn grand final? You are one of the few blokes in history that's been able to experience that lead up. What's that like? What was that like in back in 77, that week yeah. after? Yeah, it was most unusual, um, obviously. But uh, I must say our coach of the day, Ron Barassi, was very positive after the game. Now, Press was a pretty noisy coach and very demanding, but at that particular time, he thought, well, hey... You know, we, we, we won it, they won it, now we're drawing it. Hey, we'll be fine. I reckon we'll be ready next week, we'll be sharp. So he trained very lightly, he kept it light, which is unusual for him. So he actually, you know, he had a good sense of the game next week and Collingwood were coached by Tom Hafey then and apparently they did a lot of running and, and, and really worked really hard, whereas we freshened up a little bit. So was that the answer? The scoreboard says it was. Was it really? Maybe deep down it was a little bit, but not really. I, I, I thought we were a pretty good team. They'd come from the bottom the year before, so they'd done a remarkable job to get there. We, we were playing in our third or fourth grand final in a row, so there was a, there's a fair bit of history difference, and I thought we were the best team. Yeah, Malcolm, was again, mate. Who, who do you enjoy watching at the moment, in playing-wise? Yeah, no, I, I love them all. I, I mean, you know, if you look at the... Um, you know, the brown line. I mean, obviously, the, the midfielders, Mark and Bogantelli. I mean, Clayton Oliver's become a favourite player. You know, Jack Steele, Christian Petrarca. I mean, Gorn's, a, Gorn's a, isn't he? A fantastic yes. big man. Um, Ollie Wines has obviously won the medal. I've seen a lot of him. And also, Parrish has come along, Jack McRae. They all play differently. They, you know, I've watched a lot of footy. I've never, ever seen two players exactly the same. You see some with different tendencies, but I do like the guys that can mark. Aaron Norton's probably my favourite forward at the moment, uh, uh, along with Harry Mackay that can mark. And guys behind the ball, Alila, really, and Jake Lever, what players they are in the air. Uh, so I actually love the blokes that can get the ball, but also love the blokes that can mark. You can do two things then. You're a very dangerous player if you can mark in the air. And what are you doing with yourself at the moment, football-wise? Um, not much. I, I do a, a radio program in Adelaide called Sports Day SA uh, of an evening. So we talk a bit of footy and all other sports. So that keeps me going. And I, I just keep a track of the local club here, Woodville West Torrens, who are playing in a grand final in the Sandfall. So I keep a track of that and generally just watch a fair bit of footy on weekends just to try and keep my eye. And I still like the game, most of the game, some of the defensive stuff and over, over the board stuff I don't. But generally speaking, I still like watching really good players.
Yeah, we know you're a proud um, Eagles man, Blighty. How good's it been watching the Menzel boys and Tyson Stengel in that forward line this year? Yeah, it has been really good, actually. The um, yeah, Stengel actually kicked a very important goal late. I, I think he'll get picked up again. I mean, I know he's had his issues off the ground, but I've got a feeling a club will get a player. What, it, what most of the clubs didn't get him in the mid-season draft for, they wanted to see him tough out a year. That's been his problem. You know, he's had some issues, as we know, but... He's toughed out a year at Woodville West Torrens and he's been a really good contributor. Everyone can watch him in the grand final next Friday, uh, Saturday or Saturday week, sorry. So that'll be interesting. I think he will get picked up and I've got my fingers crossed for him that he can knuckle down and become a really good player. Yeah, if you were picking him up, say you were, you were a coach still and you were getting him into the team, what would you be asking him or looking for him to, to show that he is an AFL-level player? Yeah, I think you'd do a series of questions and just play out some, enact some, you know, some scenarios and what would you do in this situation? And the other thing is, I think it's going to be important to the person that actually talks to him about this, wherever he ends up, if he does end up somewhere else, is, is that it's a two-way street. What can I do to help you get better and stay better? And I think that's more of the way of the world today. The finger pointing a bit gone, but I do think that the person or the coach or the assistant coach or a line coach that ends up owning him, which the, each team seems to do, that you've got to have some relationship with him so you can see a valve if needed. Yeah, no, definitely. We'll look for, hopefully, he, yeah, does get drafted. Now, Malcolm, uh, we're talking to Malcolm Blood, AFL legend of the game. Um, I see your CV here, mate, and it's got everything there, and I understand the Norm Smith medal uh, was introduced after your premierships, but uh, just say if it was around, would have you won a Norm Smith in 75 or 77? <laughs> uh, you can ask that question. Now, what actually happened was I was guest of the RFL a few years ago, and a guy called Hamish McLaughlin interviewed me, <laughs> yes. um, and he's, he went back to the Sun. Remember before the Herald Sun, it was the Sun, back in 1977, and after the grand final, the replay, I actually got 13 out of the 15 votes from the rising. <laughs> oh, of course you did. <laughs> but having said that, I was one of three that probably could have got, you know, one of those best on that, that day. But the old son gave me best, and I think the sporting guide gave me best, and uh, 3RW gave me best. So, but, you know, it, it was a, would have been a split decision. <laughs> so you would have had the brown like You would have won it at all. That, that's the only one that's missing from it, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, as I said, well, you couldn't win it because there wasn't a... It wasn't no. one. Well, that's right. No, it wasn't one. It was... Wayne Harms was the first one in 1979. Yes. And that was the first grand final North Melbourne had missed in six years. So it was... We, oh. we played in the primary final, uh, which was a bit stiff, actually. But anyhow, that's the way it is. That's well, right. you, you were a teddy bear, mate. So, yeah, yeah that's done well. There you go. <laughs> yeah, did you, did you put number 15 on the back? Oh, I didn't have to. He was, just, he was there and, uh, yeah. And it, it actually went, went well because my uh, second favourite player is Ross Smith, who ended up with your number, so... Oh, yeah, well, of course, there you go. Good so, on you. Yeah, it worked well in my childhood, thank you. <laughs> now, Blighty, you've got an angle in this grand final on Saturday. You uh, coached Simon Goodwin um, when he first arrived at the Crows. Uh, tell us a bit more about him. What do you remember of him uh, playing? And, um, and what was he like um, as uh, being coached by you? Yeah, as a very young player. You know, he was only 19, 20, 21 or something like that. So, a young player that... He actually had to toss up between footy and cricket, so it wasn't a given that he was going to go footy. He was quite, he was quite a sportsman, and he'd actually played at South Adelaide here in Adelaide um, through the grades. So John Reid, who, who I worked with at the Woodville Football Club when we came back and coached, 
then he went on to be the football manager at the Crows and, you know, was the first one to get me back to coach them. So he knew of him pretty well. So I had a fair idea that he could actually play a bit. One of the things, I, I, he was a very diligent young man. Now, he didn't say a lot. He was quiet. I love those kids that come into the system that just do what they do speak when they're spoken to and just gradually build their career and that's the typical Simon Goodman way and I find that the best way to actually end up as a coach just gradually take it all in and he's certainly that diligent hard worker and very professional generally speaking of what he what he did most of the time and yeah I've had a little text with him in the last couple of weeks and he's texted me back so you know fingers crossed for him but the Western Bulldogs what a team they are too I love Luke Beveridge and the way he goes about it so it's, it's, a, it's a really really good game to coming up. How, how do you see it being played out and where, where do you think it could be won? Yeah, I, I don't think, you know, I mean, I know the Bulldogs lost a few games a bit late in the end, but I, they were my smoky for the year. I picked them all year. I do a lot of tipping and I tip them every week. But I just got this feeling that their midfield is super. But I just think a bit of pace through the Melbourne midfield with Petrarca and Oliver. They can win their own ball, but they can actually get on the outside. Whereas McRae and Liberatore and those sort of blokes aren't quite as quick on the outside generally. They need players outside them to get going. They're great players, fantastic midfields. And this this will set it up, because if you get it forward often enough, they've got enough strike power up forward, both teams, to kick goals. So I just fancy that the, the Oliver Petrarca, Viney coming back into the team now with a bit of grunt, and of course you've got Gorn, and we've seen what he can poss- possibly do. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, Blighty, because I thought just watching it from a spectator's perspective, those last sort of three games of the year when... Bont was, wasn't really firing. We know that mm. he wins it on the inside, but also they rely on him to get the ball inside 50 was sort of when the doggies dropped off a bit. Yeah, that's right. No, I, I think that, I mean, he's a very good player. And, um, yeah, I mean, he could have easily won the medal. But I, I, I just think, you know, can he play a bit forward? Do they need him a bit forward? You know, Josh Bruce is not there. So there's just a couple of little issues with the Bulldogs, but we've seen Luke Beveridge get over this before in 2016. So, I mean, I think it sets up for a wonderful game. I, I just can't see the the average winning margin. I did it last year. was about 38 points in the grand final for the last 20 years or something. So, you know, there's not a lot of close games, but I just can't see that margin. I just think both teams in the midfield will hang in for as long as they can. Yeah. Do you believe in the old, you need to lose one to win one, or the Ds, no. uh, they, they won't be listening to that one? <laughs> no, 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 take one. Everyone says that, but it's absolute rubbish. I mean, you take it when you find them, because you never know when you're going to get back. And gee whiz, the Bulldogs, we thought after 16, would be the team of the next five years, and it's taken them five years to get back again. So, no, when you're there, I, I, I've never believed that theory. Win them when you can, when you possibly can. Yeah, no, very true. Now, you also came up with uh, one of the smartest moves on grand final day with the Crows oh, in 97. Yeah. You moved Shane Allen uh, from the back line to the forward line and he kicked, I uh, think was a four oh, or five oh, yeah. goals um, in that one and turned the game. Um, at what point did you come up with that? Well, um, yeah, you kicked five, actually. Um, uh, I was actually watching South Adelaide, you know, he was actually here before this Crows had their own team and Port Adelaide their own team. Anyone coming from another state would actually be assigned to a Sandful club. He was assigned to South Adelaide, which, by the way, are playing in the preliminary final this weekend. Um, 
and playing for them is Bryce Gibbs, actually, who's oh. gone back to play for them. So, anyhow, um, I went down there one windy day down at Norlunga where their oval is. I'm telling you what, there's a gale blow there. And Shane played full forward there just for the first quarter. The second, he went to kick beautifully out, took two marks, kick one goal, one. And then the second quarter... Didn't go near the ball. The ball never went over the centre line. It was that windy, I'm telling you. It was a 100-mile-an-hour wind. So I, I hopped in my car and said, I've seen enough. But I just remembered when Tony Modra did his knee in the probably final in that year, I just remember him leading out. I wanted the same leading type like Modra just to lead out. And he could actually mark over his head okay, not as good as Modra, but he could actually lead out, and that's the way we'd set up our team, just occasionally to lead out. So he did it, and he did it well early in the game, yeah. Another player we haven't mentioned yet through the Adelaide was Mark Rusciuto. How do you rate him? Oh, highly. I mean, he was probably Andrew McLeod and him. Oh, you could throw in Darren Jarman as well, for that matter. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he was, he was terrific. He got injured, sadly, in the 97. He did head OP, so he missed the whole final series. His 98 stage, was pretty was, good. Yeah, 98, yeah. He played Mark, Mark Barkley well. So... Yeah, he used to be a bit of a battering ram. He used to run through people. He was invited to do that by coaches, which I said, you're stupid. Don't do that. (laughs) Why don't you put your effort effort into getting the ball? You'll last a lot longer because I've seen blokes like Dermot Brereton and those sort of blokes do it. 28-29, they're knackered. So he actually changed his game, Um, yeah, which was good. He started, he could still do it, but not all the time. He he went looking for it. Go looking for the ball, and I reckon you'll cause more havoc by doing that, but just going hard at the footy. And Andrew McLeod, we mentioned as well, is probably one of the greatest Indigenous players we've seen. But you played with a couple down at North there, the Crackers, and yeah, and Barry Cable, of course. Barry, yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Andrew, just wonderful, most balanced player I think I've seen. Speed from a from one step, he was quick, but then he had that beautiful innate ability to know what to do. You know. The, the stuff you can't buy, you can't go to the shop and buy it with a bloke like him, or a lot of them like him. He just, he just knew where everyone was on a footy ground. Wonderful, wonderful football brain. And um, just last one, uh, Blighty. Uh, we'll get your tips as well. But uh, Michael Voss, it seems like he's uh, going to be set up as the coach of Carlton. Uh, he's been at Port Adelaide for a few years now. I'm sure you've had chats with him on uh, various media platforms. Um, tell us a bit about that, and what should Carlton uh, be excited about? Yeah, if it happens, I hope it does. Uh, that'll be good for Michael. I, yeah, I did spend a lot of time with Michael, working with him, and uh, we talked about when the Gold Coast comes, go, Suns came in, I ended up going there and trying to help out, and at one stage it was mooted he might, but one of the things he did was what I did. He, he followed a great coach uh, who, you, who he played for, you know, the great Lee Matthews, and I followed Ron Barassi, and ironically... Ironically, some other people have followed. I was talking to Matthew Knight just recently, and he followed the great Kevin Sheedy. After being at the club, I said, look, what you shouldn't do. <laughs> I wish you'd rang me up. I would have told you, don't do it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so Michael, um, you know, he's been away a lot now, and you know, he'll be much better second time around. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, once again, it's a player's game. You're just trying to help players around the park but you know you've got to have some presence you've got to better stand up and talk and you've got to actually know what's going on the ground so he'd be much better for the run as you say in the classics uh, Michael mm-hmm. would be he's a terrific player great player mm-hmm. unbelievable player but now has some coaching wheels which is great yeah, no yep. certainly we'll be very excited for the uh, Blues if they get Vossi uh, now bloody uh, your tips mate uh, who wins the uh, premiership and uh, give us what about a Norm Smith medal mate 
Yeah, well, <laughs> I think I think I think Melbourne in, 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 in what I think could be a really tight one. You know, go back to Collingwood and the Eagles, so that that sort of stuff. Hopefully, and I, I just got a feeling. I, I mean. Clayton Oliver, just uh, him or Petrarca. I, I, I've gone Oliver only because I just think he, he has he has played some season. Saw him live in Adelaide twice this year. He should have got six votes for half time each time, not three. Six. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was he was unbelievably outstanding, just unbelievable. Um, if he gets going like that, and I'm sure he will, he's fit, he's healthy, he's happy. He could easily win the North Smith Medal. Yeah, oh, very good. That well, is you music make, curious, Jack. Yeah, I was about to say, you make me very happy, bloody. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, mate. I know you were pressed for time, but uh, it's been an absolute joy and an honour to chat to you on this uh, grand final week. Good on you, guys. Have a great weekend.